Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to Trundlebed Tales. And today's episode is going to be Travel Times New Orleans. Welcome to Trundlebed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one-room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundlebed Tales. Find us all around the web under Trundlebed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or just have an account on a podcast system, please leave positive feedback because that helps people find the show. And today's episode is a travel times, and if you haven't listened before, occasionally I do an episode where I'm talking about either a place to visit with someone who likes to go there, or something that is more like a hobby, like reenacting, or um, I'm trying to think of another good example. Oh, we talked about the uh, picking up trash along the river. So we've got episodes like that from time to time, and today's is going to be talking about New Orleans. But before we get in that, let's do just a little housekeeping. And uh, I wanted to remind you that if you want to be part of the show, you can call in at 714 714- Two four two five two five three. That's seven one four two four two five two five three. Or you can chat uh, while we're alive. And uh, today's episode, as I say, we're going to be talking about New Orleans. But we had an episode Friday talking about the roundup of Laura Ingalls Wilder fan- fandom in, in 2022. If you haven't heard that yet, I urge you to go back there. Uh, We had another video drop on Friday, and this one was about the uh, wind in the trees on the way to the dugout. So I think we've continued to have some good things there, and we are doing excellent that we are getting this many episodes in this month, and I hope we can keep going on that. And I think that's all I have for housekeeping today, so... And I have two special guests here with me today. And the first one is my friend Kelly, who if you watch my videos, you saw her in the um, video that I did about going to Rothville a little bit. And she'll be more in the Marceline one if I ever get it edited together. Uh, Kelly, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, Sarah. I'm Kelly Pelzel. And... um, I have known Sarah for many, many years. I worked with her um, at uh, Usher's Ferry Historic Village. I know she's mentioned that on the show a couple times. That that uh, she worked there when she was younger, and so did I. And that's that's where we became friends and have stayed friends through the years. And uh, Sarah's recently, after many years of uh, talking about the Laura home sites, um, 
gotten me a little interested in visiting some of them. So um, I've been to a few here in the last couple of years. Yes, yes. And we we had a fun trip, and we're going to have to do another one sometime because she's still got places she hasn't gone yet. Uh, Do you want to say just a little bit about why I'm having you talk about New Orleans? Well, um, I was really inspired, Sarah, by your – show uh maybe about a year ago that was on like planning your Laura trip and kind of like thinking through like the planning process and um what you got to do to to make a successful trip and it really kind of helped me to organize my thinking on um things that I have done or uh could be doing <laughs> to make uh, successful trips particularly when traveling with other people and I think, yeah, that was, I think, about a year ago, and, and it was right before um, uh, my uh, trip, last trip to New Orleans with my family. I've been once since then as well. And um, so, yes, then we were talking about uh, maybe I could come in and share um, some of the specifics for, for going to New Orleans. Well, I am excited. Uh, did you want me to bring in Tracy now, or do you want to talk yourself first, and then we'll bring her in? Oh, no, bring in Tracy now. Okay. That'd be great. So with that, hello, Tracy. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, Sarah. Hi, Kelly. And hello, everyone. I'm Tracy Vozar. I'm joining you all from D.C. today, which is where I currently live, although uh, at least 90% of me is in New Orleans at any given time, and especially (laughs) today during Mardi Gras weekend. Um, So I'm thrilled to be joining you all to talk about my favorite place on earth. Well, I'm so glad to have two people who've made multiple trips there because I think the best way to get to find out about a place isn't talking to, you know, like the tourism people. It's talking about people who love to go. So uh, let's get started. Uh, Kelly, when do you think is the best time to go to New Orleans? Well, I'd say there's kind of two things to consider when thinking about when you want to go. Um, first is the, the the weather and the seasons of the year um, and thinking about, um, first of all, how hot it gets in the south <laughs> in the summertime. Um, I've never been there in the summertime, um, and I don't think I will ever go there in the summertime. <laughs> I was once there in a very a particularly hot um, late October, I mean, they, they had comment, like locals commented on how hot it was. And, uh, you know, we got through it, but it was pretty miserable. Um, I think <laughs> normally um, fall is a lovely time to visit. Um, the last visit I had with my family in last March, um, I thought the weather was just exceptional. Um, that was spring break time, um, so mid-March here. And um, so that's that's one thing to consider. The other um thing to consider is the the festival season um so uh you know much like you talked about when planning your laura trips um there's many 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 festivals in new orleans across the year but some of the big ones are i think french quarter fest in the fall and jazz fest in the spring and then of course carnival season in the late winter um so you have to make some decisions about whether you want to um visit during those types of events or want to have a, a quieter type of experience. So, um, you know, those are all kind of up to 
what your personal preference is. Um, and I've been there during Jazz Fest before, and it is it is very busy, um, but um, very cool as well. Yes, it is always a question whether you want to go when something else is going on, because uh, going when there's you know a festival, no matter where you're going, means there's a lot more stuff to do, but there's a lot more people, which is not something that's fun in my book. You know, I. I've talked about Disney trips before, and we keep trying to go on the quietest times, the calendar says, and it's like they know that, and more people <laughs> than usual come every single time. But uh, Tracy, do you agree is that when it's best to go down to New Orleans? Well, I'm laughing that you bring up Disney because that's something that we share in common, Sarah, is I'm also an absolute Disney fanatic and um, sitting in front of me are a bunch of my Disney pins. I actually (laughs) think planning a trip to Disney and planning a trip to New Orleans is surprisingly similar. So you can try to avoid the crowds and you can kind of look at the yearly calendar. What I'll say is COVID has really changed the calendar a little bit in New Orleans, just like Disney. Um, So French Quarter Fest, for example, I think it's back on its regular schedule now of being in April, um, March and April, right before Jazz Fest. So during COVID, it switched to the fall because we lost one in there, just like there was a, a year where Mardi Gras didn't happen during the pandemic as well. So just when you're planning your trip, think about, okay, let me look at the updated New Orleans calendar. Let me see what's going on while I'm going to be there. The funny thing about the summer is, uh, so we've actually, my family and I have lived in New Orleans twice. And the funny thing about the summer is that they've sort of figured it out, the New Orleans tourism folks. And there's a different festival every single weekend of the summer including the one weekend where there wasn't a festival, which they decided to (laughs) declare Festival Fest, where they celebrate all of the other festivals of the summer (laughs) and around the year during that one weekend where they didn't have an identified festival. But, you know, some of them are very small. So the ones Kelly mentioned, Jazz Fest, French Quarter Fest, which was originally for locals but has really blown up in recent years, Mardi Gras, of course, which folks may not realize actually goes on for several weeks leading up to Mardi Gras Day. Those are all going to be the busiest times of the year. Halloween is actually fantastic. There's a parade that's very similar to Mardi Gras, but it's just the one parade, so you're not quite so inundated if you want to avoid the crowds. Um, But it's fantastic for kids, and New Orleanians really go above and beyond for Halloween. And there's also Voodoo Fest, which is a similar music festival to Jazz Fest, but again, just a little smaller, a little less well-known, but really incredible big-name bands. And of course, a lot of our local New Orleanian musicians will play those festivals as well, which is just fantastic. So thinking about when and where you want to be there, depending on what you're looking for. Okay, well... Let's talk about how to get to New Orleans. What do you think is the best way to get there, Kelly? Well, I have only ever flown um, there, uh, and the uh, the airport is um, 
Lee Armstrong Airport. It's not particularly close to downtown, but it's not horrible um, to get uh, in and out of town um, to downtown. And I would not say it's a particularly, um, it's not a big airport. It's not particularly fast <laughs> in terms of uh, security and things like that. So, you know, um, maybe I've just had bad luck, but I always feel like, yeah, I want to give myself a little time cushion um, when I'm thinking about when to get to the airport um, when I'm there. Um, Another option, um, and this is definitely on my list, um, would be to take uh, the train uh, to New Orleans. Um, so I think there's two trains, actually, that Amtrak runs um, on their distance routes. Um, so the city of New Orleans, um, and that would be the one that I would take um, that winds down, um, uh, starts in Chicago and winds down through Illinois and then and then Destination South, um, I think has a stop in a big stop in Memphis. Um, and uh, I've taken some long distance routes before, but but not that one. Um, so one of these times, that's that's going to be how I get there. And then the other, I think, long distance route is the Sunset Limited, which runs uh, along the southern border of the country. Um, I think that. Mm, I gotta. I'd have to look this up, but I think it might terminate in New Orleans. Um, it might go a little farther east now. They had it stopped, but I think maybe they are they are jumping it over to Florida again. Um, you know, as one of those things that is reopening after the pandemic. Uh, and um, you know, what I was going to say is, I I haven't driven there with a car either. I would think. Um, well, I don't think you really need a car there. And I think I don't know. It seems like it would just cause a lot of challenges in terms of parking and um and uh, the only time I've had a vehicle there was uh, I went once for a vintage Vespa scooter rally um down there and a um very wonderful kind local scooterist loaned us a Vespa motor scooter um to get around for the weekend um which was which was great <laughs> because they're not nearly so challenging to park. Um, and um, if you're going through the French Quarter, um, which is just looks like kind of a nightmare in a car, um, scooter not so bad because um, you can, if you're up to it, you can split lanes and such to, to get where you need to go. So anyway, um, other than a scooter, I don't know if I'd ever take a, a vehicle through New Orleans. How about you, Tracy? How do you recommend getting down there? Oh, I completely agree with Kelly. Um, Kelly, sometime we all need to take the train together because that would be right up my alley, and I've never done it. Um, we usually fly. We have driven in and out when we were making moves to and from New Orleans, and we've also driven from New Orleans to Disney, for example, but we were living there at the time. Parking is notoriously difficult in and around New Orleans, but there's lots of great public transportation options, not to mention the streetcar. So I happen to just love and adore the streetcar. It will get you from one side of the city proper all the way to the other. And then um, whenever we're there, for example, we were just there last weekend, even with my family of five who were traveling with me, we take Ubers and lifts just about everywhere we need to go that isn't on the public transportation route. And I don't know, it's kind of lovely to 
meet our drivers and talk with them about local culture and get their sense of what's been going on in New Orleans. We really enjoy it. Yeah, that's what uh, I've done as well is either cabs or Ubers or Lyfts and um, along with the streetcar. And then the bus system is really good there. Um, I, um, I, it's, it's really inexpensive. So um, the times I've gone there and, and been there, particularly with um, other people, we've always bought um, the, the jazz, they call it Jazzy Pass, but the, the the pass that gets you on the streetcar, the bus, the commuter ferry, um, which you're like, why would I take the commuter yeah. ferry? But mm-hmm. if you want to, like, get out on the river but not have to, like, pay, like, the, for the tourist riverboat kind of thing, but you just want to get on the river for a little while, like, the commuter ferry over to the the West, West Bank, um, Algiers Point, is a great way to get out on the Mississippi for a few moments and then just ride it back across, maybe – get some drinks or something to eat out at Algiers Point and come back. Um, and that's that's a and, lovely afternoon. And people um, from, you know, up the upper Midwest up here think of the Mississippi River as something that you can clearly see one bank to the other and it isn't that far across. And New Orleans, as I understand it, it's very far across. Is that right? Yeah, it's not horrible, though. It's not a long, long trip across there. I don't know. What do you think, Tracy? Yeah, not too long. I'll say it's a, a wider spot. There's certainly wider spots of the Mississippi further um, around New Orleans, too. And that's kind of a neat thing. If you did have a car or if you rented a car, you can actually get to some neat spots around New Orleans, including some beaches, which is kind of kind of fun. So you could um, go to one of the Gulf Shore beaches. You can go to Grand Isle, which is um, through the swamp. So you kind of get some some really neat um, scenery if you do those things and get a, a sense of what the the environment looks like outside of downtown New Orleans. You can also right. do and that all the, all the... out as well. Oh, yeah, sorry to jump on it. I was just say all the um, the fishing rigs and everything, like driving mm-hmm. down to the Gulf. It's really interesting. Um, I guess we did have a car that same time we took us we had the the, bar, the lender scooter um we just did like you know a one day rental or something and and drove down to the beach um and but I remember the drive much more than the beach itself um just all the cool things along the way same absolutely and you can take a swamp boat tour too if you want to get out and just kind of see the swamp land around New Orleans They'll pick you up downtown, so you definitely don't have to have a vehicle to have this, but um, something to keep in mind. And New Orleans is very, very walkable. Um, And, uh, okay, there are some points that are really far away. Um, (laughs) There's, uh, I think you both will appreciate this, but there's this episode of, what is it? Uh, Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, where they're back in mm-hmm. New Orleans, and they like talk about taking this short walk from the uh, French Quarter to Audubon Park, and that would actually <laughs> be quite a long walk. I think that'd be around six miles, so you probably wouldn't want to walk that. Most people wouldn't, but uh, yeah, so it's not all quite all together, but it's closer than you think for a lot of things in a lot of neighborhoods. And it's yeah, a fun I- walk. Absolutely. So you see so much when you're just walking around and you meet so many people and there's certainly lots of opportunities to stop into places and grab a bite to eat or a drink and 
keep going along your way. It's it's really a fun town to explore and even get a little bit lost in. Well, hopefully not too lost. (laughs) (laughs) I always like to know where I'm heading. Uh, I get lost enough knowing exactly where I'm heading. (laughs) So as I understand it, a lot of the tourist stuff uh, is, pretty close together is that right kind of around the French Quarter yes and then also kind of into um, some of the um, adjacent neighborhoods so um, the central business district um, butts up against um, the French Quarter and the garden district after that um, the warehouse district as you're moving toward the river, um, they all contained um, a lot of things that I guess would be like, you know, things that tourists would go and see and or museums and such. Um, and then uh, on the other side of the French Quarter, um, Frenchman Street, and I'm blanking on the name of that neighborhood, uh, Tracy. The Marigny, but and then the Bywater the Marini, yes. is just past the Marigny. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And so, yeah, they are all, you know, it all kind of comprises downtown. Um, And then a little farther out would be like um, the Audubon Zoo, which is in Audubon Park, and the Tulane Campus, and um, of course there's some wonderful places to eat out that way as well. Um, But that would probably be a cab ride or a streetcar ride out, out that way. Yeah, what's nice is the streetcar does stop right there, and on one side of the streetcar is Audubon Park, which is a beautiful park leading to Audubon Zoo, which is phenomenal. Other side of that streetcar stop is Tulane's campus as well as Loyola's campus, so it's kind of a nice little area. And if you take that streetcar all the way down, you hit Oak Street, which is where my favorite restaurant on earth, which is saying something because I love to eat, is and that's Giacomo's and Giacomo's is just phenomenal food and a really fun environment right next to the Maple Leaf Bar which is kind of a known New Orleans establishment as well as having just phenomenal local live music. And uh, the World War II Museum is also in New Orleans. It's on my life goals list. Have either of you been there? Yes, we were there at spring break last year, and it is really, really well done. Um, It was a very crowded day, I think, just with spring break and people getting out and about after the pandemic. But, uh, yeah, it um, um, has um, some very um, interactive and very, uh, what do I want to say, very well designed to make you feel as though you're there um exhibits um both for the european and the pacific theaters um the the hangar where they have the fighter planes i mean it, it is exceptionally well done as 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 well done as the things that i saw in the smithsonian um in terms of how to how to view all those things and um and it has and it's growing um so i think i didn't get as to as many places as my husband and my older son because i was with my younger son and he'd kind of had it um <laughs> uh, i think some of the buildings like my son had gone in and they were like saying like what they're going to be doing next um and it was some pretty um cool things in terms of kind of applying 
um, things that we um, learned from World War II um, to uh, more more modern day um, problems. So I um, I think it feels as though it's a very um, active museum that's 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 growing and 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 changing all the time. Absolutely, and it it has an incredible restaurant there on site, as well as being located right in the central business district with a bunch of excellent restaurants right around. Um, my father-in-law, who's recently retired, um, long-term special forces um, veteran, he is uh, really impressed with the museum, and actually they want to go back to spend more time because you really can't see everything at, that the museum has to offer, even in a single day. No, um, yeah, you could be there all really day. Yeah, just, yeah, just to the museum um, in a weekend, for example. Um, but they put on great shows. They have new exhibits, and all of the exhibits are just super high quality. And it's in a great part of town too. And there's a bunch of other little museums. Well, maybe they're not that little, but there's other museums that are in that same area of the Central Business District. So, you know, if you had someone along with you that wasn't as interested in World War II, I think there would be plenty for them to do in that same area within, you know, a block or two of where you were at if, if you were at the World War II Museum and they were somewhere else. Oh, absolutely. Sazerac House is just down the street, and it's actually a very cool interactive museum slash kind of homage to the Sazerac, which is the state drink of Louisiana. Um, and it's a really, it's a new museum. It's beautiful. And then right there is actually the French Quarter. So you could very easily kind of divide and conquer that whole part of town. Um, the other area of town that has a number of gorgeous museums is City Park. And you can mm -hmm. take the streetcar straight from the French Quarter area on Canal Street and take it straight up to City Park and go to a brand new children's museum. There's an old children's museum um, very close to now where the World War II Museum is, but they've opened their new campus in City Park. And there's beautiful sculpture gardens and the New Orleans Museum of Art, which is fantastic, as well as a number of other sites and parks and things to see right down there at, at City Park. Well, I know you have some uh, restaurants you wanted to talk about in particular, but before we do that, uh, what foods do you think that you have to try to really say <laughs> you had a New Orleans trip? You know, oh, boy. Uh, Homer Simpson <laughs> probably does it best. There's actually an episode of The Simpsons where there's a montage of Homer eating in just about every famous New Orleanian restaurant, every single dish, and each one of them is named as he's eating them. And uh, it's true. They did a really good job of it. So watch that Simpsons episode. It's phenomenal. Um so top in my household this time of year, king cake, which is going to go away now as of Wednesday. You can only get it during carnival season. Um, beignets, another dessert. We're a big dessert-heavy house. We love Juan's Flying Burrito, um, the flying burrito there, which is a Creole-Mexican fusion dish. It's just absolutely phenomenal. I think we ate two when we were there last weekend each. <laughs> um, and honestly, anything, you ask a local, where do you like to eat? 
get yourself a po' boy with your favorite ingredients, go to Giacomo's, eat everything they have, and uh, make sure if you're there when it's hot, you get a snowball, which is for those outside of New Orleans, kind of like a snow cone, but somehow better. <laughs> also, uh, you know, there's different seasons in terms of what comes in for fresh fish and um, seafood. So you want to be kind of following with that as well. So like if you're a big fan of crawfish, this would be the time to go. Yes, we are currently in crawfish season. Um, there were folks selling crawfish just on the street. There were folks having crawfish boils at home. Um, there's a really good episode of, on Netflix of New Orleans Street Food, too, and they highlight um, Miss Linda's Yakamane, which is a phenomenal street food dish. Miss Linda is just a, a wonderful human being, and it's definitely a New Orleans special, kind of something that, that locals know the most about. Um, really phenomenal sort of mix of ramen and like a um, gumbo it's, it's it's not describing it as well as i could but it's pretty awesome <laughs> oh and one other sandwich i gotta say besides the po' boy and that's the mufaletta i yes. just love that sandwich yeah of course <laughs> And okay. New Orleans has great fried chicken. I mean, we could go on it. We could talk food for days. Okay. So the beignets are kind of like donuts. And the poor boy mm-hmm. sandwiches I've heard of, but what's on them exactly? Mm, you can get all the toppings you desire. But as Kelly said, right now would be a great time to get crawfish, um, shrimp po'boys, layuzas by the tracks, which is right next to Jazz Fest where that's held, has the best, in my opinion, and a lot of other folks, uh, barbecue shrimp po'boy, which there in New Orleans, barbecue shrimp actually is a very heavily buttered shrimp, not barbecue sauce, but like soaked in garlic butter. It's just phenomenal. Um, then in the, in the fall, oysters, summer fall oysters are more in season, and oyster po'boys are just absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Roast beef po'boys. If you're not a oh, seafood person. Oh, and the ones with French fries and roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just in case you felt like you were being a little too healthy, throw some French fries <laughs> into your po' boy, and you're all good. <laughs> well, I I have never been to New Orleans myself, but I have been to Louisiana, and we went to a, a seafood place there, and I had what I thought was a really funny experience because um, I ordered crab because I like crab, and I, you know, around here, you, crab is not fresh. But uh, we got to try some alligator as a one of the appetizers, and we were yeah. kind of like, what's this going to taste like? And we tried it, and we were like, oh, it's like fried clams, and the when we said that to the waitress, she looked at us in just horror that we would eat clams. <laughs> and I just thought that was funny because, you know, up here, that would be a kind of idea about alligator. There is an awesome alligator po' boy that you can get at a place called Cooter Brown's, which is on the streetcar line, very close to Giacomo's and the Maple Leaf Bar. And Cooter Brown's has just, Phenomenal po' boys generally, but their alligator po' boy in particular, they're kind of known for. 
And it's funny, I think everyone sort of thinks alligator tastes like something. I think it tastes a little like chicken. I don't know. It it tastes better than I think I thought it would and than most people think it does. I think that neighborhood in general has just really good po' boys. Um, so, yeah, last time we were, I mean, a little bit, a little bit away from what you're talking about, but we went to Frankie and Johnny's, which I just love that restaurant, yeah. uh, and got po' boys. Okay, this is like a, like a embarrassing story, but <laughs> we went to Frankie and Johnny's, but we also wanted to go to uh, Don Melisa's, so, yeah. <laughs> and we did, and we were running out of time, right, so. So I went to Frankie and Johnny's, and I was like, okay, everyone just like, you know, we're going to split some po' boys and have some drinks, and then we'll just walk down the street to Tom Elisa's and do the same. Um, but my my kids didn't really understand what we were doing or whatever. So we did we had our meal, and then we walked down like the six blocks or whatever down to Tom Elisa's, and uh, we got there, and they had just closed for the day. They were a little short-staffed, but oh. they had closed. And me and my husband were so sad because <laughs> we would have done reverse order had we known. <laughs> and of then at course. that point, the kids are like, what are you sad about? We were like, well, we were going to get lunch here. And they were like, you just had lunch. <laughs> we were like, yeah, we had like half a lunch because we are going to have our other half at this restaurant. <laughs> that's a very New Orleanian thing to do. So the the, the saying in New Orleans is let's have lunch and talk about dinner, right? So yeah. you're constantly thinking about like, okay, what's the next thing, the next food I'm going to get? And making sure you you get to all of the great po'boy places and get plenty of each is definitely a very NOLA thing to do. And everyone's on New Orleans time, by the way, so it's very common for a place to maybe not open up right when they say they're going to, or maybe a little bit early. Um, so also yeah. a very New Orleanian thing to show up. You have, have to be very closed. flexible. Very <laughs> flexible, um, as well with travel plans. Like you mentioned the airport. I feel like even the, the airport runs a little bit on New Orleans time. Right. I'm sure, unless you're counting on that. <laughs> Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, we've actually filled up our half hour. So is there anything else you want to talk about, Kelly? Okay. I'll just say a couple words about like higher end restaurants. And then maybe Tracy can talk just a little bit about um, going during Mardi Gras, if that's okay. Yep. Okay. So um, I've been very lucky to go to some very nice restaurants in New Orleans. Um, and um, I got to say, of the ones I've tried so far, my favorite is Commander's Palace. Um, it's very opulent looking, and the food is amazing. Um, but even though it looks very hoity-toity, I've always had very good experiences there in terms of the wait staff and making them me feel very comfortable and welcome and it's a very friendly experience um and uh so that would be like the one i think you know when i think about going back that i'm probably going to be going back to um ooh, maybe i'll just say that for my high and then 
said on the opposite end of the spectrum of one of my other very favorite places to go in New Orleans is a little convenience store called the Verdi Mart that yes, makes Verdi Mart. <laughs> the most amazing food. Um, they make po' boys, but they make other food as well. And uh, it's in the French Quarter. And um, it does not look like much. Um, but, you know, if you want really good food, really inexpensive, that is the place to go. And again, make you feel welcome. <laughs> yeah, what? the spinach artichoke dip at Verde Mart is top of my food list in New Orleans. Um, there's also a little gas station on magazine that has the most phenomenal gyros. It's, I mean, it's funny. There's these little places you'd never know about that have the best food. And Commander's Palace, highly, highly recommend the Sunday Jazz Brunch where jazz musicians are actually walking around to tables and playing music for you live as you're eating. If if you make it to Commander's, try to go for Sunday brunch, but reservations definitely um, far out are recommended. I love Commander's Palace as well. Um, going during Mardi Gras, I'll say right now we're actually in peak Mardi Gras season or what some folks are referring to now as deep gras which is the Thursday night before Mardi Gras Day all the way through to Mardi Gras Day itself. Um, There are parades leading up to that time for several weeks, and there are smaller parades even prior to that. One that I would love to go to with Kelly and her family is Chewbacca, which is a very (laughs) sci-fi-themed parade um, I'm a member of the Vampiric Council of New Orleans, which celebrates all things vampire and marches as vampires. Shout out to the gentleman who dressed as Colin Robinson um, and had a sign that had many things that he knew people in New Orleans would boo him for, such as um, Go Falcons, which is our rival football team. So he, he was a wonderful energy vampire. Um, just really cool, fun, homemade costumes, homemade parade floats earlier in the season. Um, even things such as the Barkus Parade, which is uh, entirely dog royalty. Actually, I saw a couple of cats sneak in this year, I think, um, which was very avant-garde. But floats <laughs> that the owners make, costumes for the dogs that the owners make. There is a king and queen of Barkus. Um, There are walking crews or marching crews, which um, I'm a member of the Dames de Perlage. We actually hand bead, hand sew our own corsets, headdresses, bustle belts, all in the style of Mardi Gras Indian beading, Um, beautiful glass beads. And every year we have a theme and every year we march in multiple parades. There are dancing crews like the Sirens, or um, my favorite, the Disco Amigos, who are just phenomenal. The 610 Stompers are a band of, um, what do they call themselves, Um, Ordinary Men, Extraordinary Moves. They're kind of uh, known for being uh, a lot of fun, not the greatest dancers, but out there on the route, no matter what, given their heart and soul, and they're so much fun to watch and to be a part of. And then, of course, there's the big, beautiful parade. So everything from kind of smaller local parades 
Um, I'm now a member of the Parade Crew Themis, which we celebrate social justice and diversity and inclusion. Our color is purple, which Kelly will know I'm all about. And we're an all-female parade that just has a blast throwing beautiful beads, but also um, our signature throw, which every parade has a signature throw, is a sequence parasol that the members of the crew actually decorate themselves and throw from the float um, in the style of other parades, such as Muses, who throw shoes that they've hand-decorated, Zulu, which throws coconuts. Um, there's really something for everyone at Mardi Gras, the marching bands. How- the dance How big crews. are these parasols? There's so much to say. How ah, big are these parasols? So the parasols that we do are designed to be like second-line parasols. So they're, they're really doll umbrellas. They're kind of eight inches across, if you think okay. of them that way. Okay. Um, we will glitter them, hand glitter them. We'll do artistic transfers on top. So I have one like of um, Queen Elizabeth's face, but from you know, um, some pretty famous, like, pop culture references. Um, there's a, a number of just beautiful designs that the women have done, um, as well as some simpler designs and some local designs that are sort of more regional. But many of them are social justice-themed. And um, lots of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, lots of really great um, diversity, equity, and inclusion themes. It's it's a fun parade, and it's relatively new versus some of the parades that have been um, taking to the streets of New Orleans for hundreds of years. So lots for everyone to see and to enjoy and experience. So if uh, Kelly had said that if someone was going down and they wanted to be in a parade, there was a way to do that. Did I understand that right? <laughs> There's uh, many different ways to be in a parade. You can um, look to some of the parade crews. So, for example, our crew of Themis, um, which is T-H-E-M-I-S. She's the goddess of justice. Um, We are still taking new members for next year and years beyond. That's really because we're a a newer crew. There are also some very small um, walking crews and some more local parades where you can decide that you'd really love to to join a crew that's going to be in Chewbacca, for example. Um, the Lagerettes, I believe, I don't think I'm watching their name, are a bunch of Princess Leias who walk in the street together. Um, you know, dozens of Leias walking the street is a pretty cool sight. Um, and there are many, many other examples that if you have an interest, you can look up whether they have a, a parade that is somehow affiliated and you're likely to find something. And many of them are taking new members. Well, thank you. That's just great. Uh, so any last, last words about, some, about visiting New Orleans? I would just say... Um, well, um, again, I, th- I think it's good to have some plans um, to be thinking about, um, you know, what your budget is, what's really important to you, um, and who's traveling with you, and what's going to be important to, the, to them. 
but then like with any trip, you know, you want to, you want to be flexible and you want to kind of go with the flow some of the times as well. So, you know, don't be so, so rigid with your plans that you don't stop to enjoy the music, the food and um, the sights uh, along the way. And I would just add the one thing that I should have said about Mardi Gras earlier is that um, there's certainly a, a misconception that Mardi Gras is, is only for adults. Um, you can definitely find your adult-only sections of Mardi Gras, especially on Bourbon Street in the French Quarter. But in the more neighborhood areas of Mardi Gras, the parades are actually more similar to a giant family block party or picnic where everyone brings their kids, even babies are there, you know, all the way up through older kiddos. Kids are playing together in, in the streets, which are blocked off. And adults are just having a great time making new friends and really watching over one another's kids together. It's a, a lovely family experience. We take our, our kids every year. Well, thank you very much for being on, Kelly and Tracy. I appreciate all the great talk about New Orleans. And Hopefully, maybe we'll have you back on to talk about something else. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Sarah. Okay. And with that, we are at the end of our travel time. And hopefully, um, you've enjoyed today's episode and that you'll want to check out some of the ones we did before. Uh, I want to remind you to look all around the web for Trundle Bed Tales and to brighten the corner where you are. Thank you for listening, and we'll find you next time on Trundlebed Tales. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.